You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 287, Building Strength, Overcoming Challenges, and Finding Success with Brandon Mancini. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. Welcome back to the PT Profit Podcast. I am once again introing this episode, filling in for Beverly. She got the opportunity to interview Brandon Mancini, a personal trainer and coach with over 20 years of experience who shares his journey in the fitness industry and his passion for helping parents and business owners prioritize their health. He emphasizes the importance of focusing on the basics and building strength to improve overall health and longevity. Brandon also discusses the impact of his own accident on his perspective and approach to fitness. He highlights the principles of success, including having a clear vision, being honest with oneself, and prioritizing what truly matters. This is a truly inspirational episode, so if you find that you resonate with it, please tag at B. Simpson Fitness on Instagram or wherever you share on social, and give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. If you have a guest that you'd like to see on the show, reach out to info at bsimpsonfitness.com or connect with me directly at chris at bsimpsonfitness.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this episode. What's up, Brandon? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you? Doing very well, Beverly. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. I'm super excited to dive into our conversation today. So for those of you who are tuning in and have not been introduced to the pleasure of your work, can you please share with us a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a man, husband, father, uh, business owner, coach, doing my trying my damnedest to be uh, better at all of those. I've been personal trainer slash coach you know, for over 20 years now, I don't really like to get caught up in, in labels too much, but that kind of summarizes what I do. Majority of that time spent in, in big box gyms, branched out of my own in 2014, been doing actually online coaching since 2009. So when I was working in these big box gyms, I would be moved around the country to help, you know, when I got into management, you know, build up personal training departments, teach trainers how to run their business better. And I, when I would move from one city to another, you know, you, you do your best. I don't know if you've ever done that or others out there who have, you do your best to hand off those clients, but sometimes clients don't want to be handed off. And, you know, this is around the time when Skype was first becoming a thing. So been doing online coaching for, you know, a long time now. Always, you know, when I first got into it in like 2001, it's when functional training was becoming really popular, you know, and everybody was standing on top of BOSU balls and using uh, all different kind of crazy tools. And I was really fortunate to, to at that time, work with some guys who, you know, a guy, Ahmed Regib, who won 
uh, silver in Sydney in, in Olympic lifting in the in 2000 and gold in the worlds, you know, two years later. A guy named Todd Hammer, who if anybody who reads uh, Elite EFTS, he's been featured on there a lot and has, has been strength conditioning coach for, you know, some some major schools. And they would tell me like, <clears throat> okay, if somebody wants to stand on top of a boxing ball, great. You help them do that. But squat, hinge, push, pull, like these basics, get them stronger at that because that is what it's going to make them a better athlete. And when they practice those movement patterns in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, they're going to be able to get up and down off the toilet by themselves in their 70s, 80s, 90s, right? So we're talking about what's been referred to recently as functional lifespan, right? Not just how long do you live, but how vibrant do you live for how long you live, right? And and also being more injury resilient, not, not just uh, less prone to injury, but able to recover, recover from those injuries better. And, uh, you know, that's something I, I got to prove myself a few years ago after, after an accident. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, it rings true. Okay. So, so many different directions that I, and questions are coming up for me. So number one, if I also ask anything that is off limits, just let me know. Sometimes I can be nosy. <laughs> so I was an infantry Marine right out of high school. You're not going to offend me. Okay. You can try and, and I'm an open book. So ask away. Okay. Okay, great. So my, you know, after being in the, in the industry for over two decades, you know, 2001, that's OG, right? In my opinion, <laughs> I didn't come into the space until 2009. So that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How have, you know, so now that you've been in and you've served a whole bunch of demographics from B2C, business to consumer, as well as coaches. So I'm curious for you, where are you the happiest when it comes to serving people in the fitness industry? Are you still in the world of, you know, building businesses with coaches or are you still, or are you helping the general population in, you know, live a functional a healthy lifestyle helping where where i find it uh, i where i find myself working most is helping parents and business owners really get their their health back because you you sacrifice so much in building those businesses you know my wife and i own a few businesses ourselves outside of fitness and we i'm 46 I so we're I'm a an old dad right so I have a, a four year old son a two year old daughter and I've trained plenty plenty of parents in the years before I became a parent myself and I think I was pretty good at without having lived through that having empathized with you know as busy as I like to keep myself with the struggles that they go through for time but but there is nothing that can teach you that like having a kid or two right so. Helping people figure out like how how do I fit it in, right? How do I make sure I'm prioritizing myself, and in for no other reason than modeling how important that is for children to live that way as they grow. We have a gym at the house, and my kids, my son and my daughter, see me and my wife work out consistently. Sometimes we have a you know a local gym we go to if, if we want to get outside of this space because we work here, live here, work out here. Right. So it's good to do that too. But yeah, helping, 
business owners and and busy parents really hack away the unessentials, hack away the bullshit and figure out how do I make this work? How do I build myself to be the best version I can be so I can serve my family, my business, my kids, my community? Amazing. And as a parent myself, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and I understand it is the hardest job you'll ever love that no one teaches you how to do. Nope. Crazy to me, but uh, it's, it's intense. No, I'd love for you to share a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. You said you had an accident. What happened in your accident and what transpired and what, what, how did that serve you in your business? So it was 2017. November of 2017. So I'd been 40 for three months, right? I turned 40 that July. And uh, November 19th, 2017, I was squatting 405 for some singles. And then I did a workout called Power Elizabeth, which if you're familiar with CrossFit, you know that workout. It's coaching in a couple different gyms in downtown San Antonio. And at 40, I was keeping up with the guys half my age, surpassing some of the guys half my age. And then November 20th, this was, we didn't have kids yet. We were living downtown. I was loading my dog to into my Jeep, taking her for her chemo treatments. And an intoxicated driver came along and hit me and pinned me between the front of his truck and the back of my Jeep. So November 19th, squatting 405, Power Elizabeth. November 20th, the accident. November 21st, 2017, my workout was taking 10 steps with a walker before I, my leg felt like it was going to explode. So through that, you know, it, you just suddenly lose your, your ability to function, right? And you are just become dependent on everybody else. So it, a couple of things came out of it. First, let, let's get into one of the nurses in the ICU uh, was uh, a member at one of the gyms that I coached at. So my physical ability had, w was just kind of known on the floor. And there was a, a doctor who came in and she was, I, I had no broken bones. I still have the, the rear bumper from my Jeep that has my leg print in it. Um, I'm trying to find, a, it's a side project, but I'm going to get refinished and we're going to put, this is why we train and I'm going to hang it up on the wall in my gym. But three severe bone bruises, severe crush injury to all the muscles in the leg, my right leg, and a, a tendon tear. So the the doctor comes in and she said, "Mr. Mancini, you you know, there are some people who would have lost their leg. Uh, there, there's a few people this accident would have killed. Most people would have at least had some breaks to their 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 leg because of your exercise history, because of your strength training history. You had you you fared this accident better than than most people would." And you recover better than most. But I, I want you to understand those days of the, the health and fitness level you had are behind you. And I, I just, I looked at her and I said, hey, who's in charge of my care? And this was a, a, a perfect encapsulation of what miscommunication can happen. Because the look on her face immediately told me she thought I was asking, where's the man in charge? It was not what I was asking. She said, I'm in charge of your care. Are you okay with that? I said, no, you're a consultant. I'm in charge of my care. I need you to understand that. I will squat 405 again. And it took me 16 months to get back to 405. During my, my rehab, I was all in. I was doing 20-minute ice baths two or three times a week. 
my supplement protocol was like 86 pills a day with fish oils, bromelain, boswellia, just all these different herbs that I, and vitamins and minerals that would, would spur recovery. Doing three collagen shakes a day, um, red light therapy, all this good stuff. And when I would go to physical therapy, it was a great boost for my ego. The, the PTs there nicknamed me Wolverine because they said they had never seen anybody recover so quickly. So I just, I love that. But, but the, the point behind all that is the shit works. It works for what it's intended to do. If you put yourself through some intentional self-induced suffering, it means you can endure more and you can suffer less when life throws unintended suffering at you. So, yeah. I mean, holy shit, from lack of a better word. I mean, you know, I I just am so I am I'm blown away by the mental resilience of what that must have required in the face of, you know, the world essentially saying you're not going to be able to do this. You know, or maybe well, not the world, but like people that are in charge of your of your recovery. So that that's the thing is, we, you know, we hear it so much. Someone else I was talking to put it as we're so willing to outsource our health, right? And, and we, we can't do that. This is the only thing we truly own, right? And, and when you talk about the world, I want, I want to address a concept there. So what is strength? <clears throat> well, if we're to summarize it, immediately people think of physical strength, right? But... You know, being a coach, it's when we're looking at strength training, squat, hinge, push, pull, like I was talking about earlier, it's the strength is the ability of a position or pattern to maintain its integrity under increasing load, increasing stress, right? So your squat, if your squat pattern looks the way it's supposed to, great. We put more weight on there. It keeps it great. It's maintaining its integrity. When we hit a point where it you, you have a butt wink, the spine rounds, whatever it is. You're not strong enough yet in that position for the stress you're trying to endure. So we talk about, you can overlay that to, you know, your beliefs, you know, political positions, your intellectual positions, your relationships, well, how much stress can they endure? And the circle of people that I had around me when I went through that was critical because my wife didn't leave my side for the whole week I was in the ICU, except like, you know. I had a craving for Chick-fil-A. So she went and grabbed some Chick-fil-A for me, right? Or whatever. And, you know, she was, uh, she was working full-time. This was again, before we had kids, she was like, no, I'm, I'm here. My clients, my circle of friends, like just could not have, could not have done it without them. When you think about building strength in your life, it, you know, people will talk, you'll hear people who've gone through the change and they'll talk about a lifestyle change what I like to call lifestyle evolution. We can talk about the difference there in a bit. They'll talk about how it's, it's just flowed into every other aspect of the life. And it's true because you learn these fundamental principles that are true across all aspects of life. And it helps you deal with all those aspects better. So if I'm cutting out the essentials, I'm sorry, cutting out the unessentials in health and fitness and nutrition, I can see how it makes my life better. And it, it makes it easier to, you know, cut away toxic relationships to set boundaries and work and all that good stuff. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, 
it blows my mind when I hear stories like that, when we're talking about, you know, you're, you were talking about strength and you defined it in terms of, you know, the physical strength that we think of in the, in the main patterns. Right. I also think that there, there's just a also mental strength that ought and mental resilience that is also included that we just don't talk about that people underestimate that we forget that that's also a muscle that we need to exercise is the mental fortitude in, in resilience. Right. And that, and that I, I think that it's one of the paradoxes I, I talk about a lot when it comes to this, this concept, this idea that it's both, you give yourself grace and you also don't get yourself, let yourself get off the hook to doing what it is that you say you're going to do. Right. You, you know, you're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. And you, you learn from them. You, what's the, the old stoic saying, right? I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, scrawl your successes in stone and write your losses in sand, write your failures in sand, right? You write them down so you can learn from them, but then you let the wind and water wash them away. But your successes, put them in stone. So you can, you're reminded of things you've, you've done well and what you have. The, the other saying you've, You've made it through 100 percent of your bad days. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, these these cliches that people toss around, you know, people complain about them, but I'm like, listen, they're cliche for a reason. For a reason, exactly. for a reason, right? And there are things that are are you know, I, I'm also just a firm believer, and I operate my life from knowing that you are going to be served to the level the level of challenges that you can face. And if you want to grow, it it will require you to to raise your ability to handle challenges because we're not exempt from them. It's just how fast can you move through them? Yeah. And, and the more you learn to deal with them, the more you deal with them, the more you learn to deal with them and the easier they get and the more challenge you can take on. Again, the same principle we learn in strength training. And I'm trying to, you know, I am teaching that to my kids. That's something my son and I say back and forth to each other. He called me on it the other day. Whenever something's hard, I tell him, well, Mancini's do hard things. <clears throat> and then... <laughs> The other day he caught me. I said, oh man, this is already goes dad. Mancini's do our things. I was like, oh, God damn. you're right. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Let's go. <laughs> so funny. So I'm, I'm also curious, you know, when I, I, I say this to my coach too, by the way, I've asked her this. I'm like, is it hard for you to be with people who seem like they're drowning in knee deep water? But what I really mean is. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> when you, you know, after going through something like that, after, or, and, and, you know, anytime someone comes to through the other side of their hard days, how do you find empathy and compassion when for the people that you are spending your time with when it feels like, hey, just stand up, right? Like, it's okay, we're going to get through this. Like, do you ever find it hard to find empathy there? And how do you help people get out of the mud? I mean, when I was younger, sure. Again, I- Right out of high school, I went into the Marines. I was a machine gunner by trade, worked in special operations with Fast Company. And that's, you know, in that environment, it's, you don't have time for the bullshit. So on those days when I was drowning in knee deep water or or someone else was, get the fuck up, let's go. Like, we've got shit to do. And that, 
you know, we're early in my training career. That attitude helped with certain demographics. Um, but, it, you know, again, as I was working in a, with a team of trainers with diverse backgrounds and would, would start working, I remember hearing people, younger trainers, tell parents, well, look, you either want it or you don't. Mm. I'm like, man, they're, they're fucking here. They want it. And, you know, that woman's got four kids. I don't have kids, but I, I know that's got to be. And I would talk to the trainer who does. And they're like, yeah, anybody who says that to a parent is a fucking asshole and not helping that person. So yeah, the first thing you got to do is when I sit down with somebody in a consultation, it, it's not me selling them training or coaching or whatever. It's me finding out if we're a good fit for me to be service of service to them. Right. Because if, if, for example, if somebody wants to do a stage competition, a bodybuilding show, I could probably help them. But honestly, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't care about getting up on stage in underwear. It, it, it's I've, I understand that it's difficult to do. And some people view it as an accomplishment, but it's not something I really care about. Right. I like obstacle course races. I like, you know, combat sports. I, I boxed when I was younger. You know, that's that's my thing. So if I sit down with somebody and we talk about their challenges and, and I can say, this is something I understand. This is something I've worked through. Then I can, you know, I can empathize with their specific situation. If it's not something I can connect with, but it is something that challenges them. As long as I've been in this industry, I've got connections and I will steer them to someone that I think is right for them you know, be it another coach or, you know, sometimes it's, it's a therapist because that's, mm. you know, physical health and mental health are symbiotic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a therapist as much as sometimes clients like to think that we are. No, mm. not. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I have that too in business, right? Growing and you know, this firsthand growing a business is going to literally, you know, put the mirror up and force you to look at some things that maybe you didn't want to look at or think you needed to look at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, would you, you know, and the, and since recovering, right. And in recovering of that experience of that accident and coming from the Marines, like, was there a sense of resiliency in terms of like, there's probably like, what else? Like I, I can overcome anything. Like how did that, how has that continued to impact you both in the, the, you know, humility side of it, as well as the, like, no, I, I, I feel like Wolverine Superman. You know, it's great to connect with those, those characters <clears throat> when you need some inspiration but there's also, I keep going back to stoicism in this conversation, you know, memento mori and, and carpe diem, right? So we're, we're not here forever, mm. but we're here today, right? So we want to make the most of this day, be present in the moment, get the most that we can out of this moment. So if I'm with my wife and kids, that's engaging with them. And I'm, look, by no means perfect at any of this so you know we're talking ideals here but yeah. you know there is you know none of us are perfect but doing my best to be present in those moments and engage with them and get the most that i can out of those moments is the same way i approach my exercise and be present in that moment 
you know, stay in the pattern, do the work that I'm, I'm here to do so that I can achieve the goals that I want to achieve when I'm in my business, be present in that business. So I can take that business, serve my customers. And then the time that I'm away, uh, that business, you know, feeds me and my family. It's yeah. Again, it, it just comes back to those, those same principles, uh, principles of success overlaid to whatever aspect of your life it is that you're, you're in at that moment. And that's, you know, that's integrity. That's consistency of character. And again, not perfect in any of this, but as I said at the beginning, doing my damnedest to be better at each of these roles. Yeah. So you mentioned the principles of of success. Can you unpack that? How do you define the principles of success? Yeah, sure. So clear vision, right? So what is it that you want? And, and I, I again, this is one of those things I think it's best to to write out. You can have a conceptualized idea of it, but write it out, work through it. You know, you can type it out to work through it, but then I think it's best to physically write it down and have it up somewhere. Clear vision of what you want. And I think it's good to have a one to five year plan of that, but then also have like that, that lifetime plan. Uh, what are you willing to give up to get there? And this is something you know, I used to, with clients, have them write their eulogy. Mm. Uh, have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one to do. I've done it a couple of times, but I got to be honest, the last time I did it, it just felt a little bit, you know, I, I've done it three times myself. The last time was kind of a little bit different. Um, talking to a friend if, uh, a few months ago now, he brought up the idea of writing a breakup letter with yourself. And so... Not just because the eulogy kind of has an end thing to it. Nothing else can change. But the breakup letters, you know, these are the things that when I was in management, you know, we used to say manage up or manage out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If, if somebody's got a bad attitude, hey, I want you here. This has to leave. If you leave with it, hey, that's okay. Because, But I'd like you to stay, but we need this to leave. Manage up or manage out. That's what the breakup letter does for yourself. What are the things that I'm doing that are not feeding this vision that I have this goal that I have um, and then set a plan to, to get to that goal. Right. So we've got the vision. We got the things that we're cutting out. We're hacking away the unessentials. We get a plan to get there that has process goals to make sure we're on course. Right. And then you come back to your schedule and you put in those daily tasks that are adaptable because again, if we're, business owners or or have a job you're a parent it comes back to what i call i voice it two ways depending on who i'm speaking to i think your audience can handle either version it's the chaos sandwich or the shit sandwich right i wake up and i have my morning routine and i have my evening routine before i go to bed and those are the two slices of bread And what's in between there is the chaos or the shit that I got to deal with that day, right? So it's an adaptable plan. I've got my workouts planned, but if something pops up and has to get slid, that gets slid. Um, I've got my my appointments and my business stuff planned. If something comes up with important with the family and it has to get slid, that has to get slid. But I check those boxes off. At the end of the day, I review it. 
what need what got accomplished, what needs to get slid to, to another time slot. So have that vision, have that goal, have that lifetime vision, have that, you know, shorter term goal of, of, you know, what you're working on, have a mm-hmm. plan to get there, have a, you know, time bound objectives that are process goals in there, and then have those daily tasks that you're ticking off every day that keep you on track to hit those objectives, to hit that goal, to keep you in line with your vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I wouldn't change it. That's, that's essentially what I, you know, I I essentially do the same thing. And I love that you talk about the flexibility, right? Because I think a lot of people get this twisted, right? Is that it's one of those, like, you know, are you breaking your word to yourself? And if you are, then you have to look at it. It's either you need, you've, you've set most important tasks that are not achievable and you need to change that, or you need to stop breaking your word to yourself. Yes, ma'am. (laughs) you know because that's 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 it i mean it's amazing what happens when you just do what you say you're gonna do right things magic things start to happen (laughs) just do it right and when you and when you hack out the things that you shouldn't do right so having a to-do list and having that not to-do list yeah the for a lot of people it's the endless scrolling Yeah. So now what I'm curious about for you, you know, especially when we talk about principles, the principles are the principles, right? So how have you been able to stay, stay consistent and stay engaged in the monotony? Sometimes, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm so bored, right? Or I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, well, yeah, that probably means you're close to a breakthrough. (laughs) So you can stay. So for you, how do you stay engaged? Believe in the work. Life is not social media. It's not Instagram, right? Those that's the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And it's it's good to share that stuff. But the knocking out the again, it's it's a basic principle of exercise, knocking out the basics consistently in and out, um, where you don't see a change in the day, in the week, maybe in the month, but you know, it's getting you closer to that goal, coming back and revisiting the vision, you know, are my actions in line with my vision? It'd be really easy to just, you know, eat pizza every day, play video games. Uh, I used to have a t-shirt that said 1988 Nintendo world championship semifinalist. When I worked in big box gyms, that was in my email signature because it's true. But if I just sit around and played video games and ate, you know, junk food all day, it's, it'd be great in the short term. And then life hits you, right? So it's, yeah. I I was, it's November 2nd and yesterday I ate nothing but candy. I mean, not nothing, but like I ate a lot of candy because of, you know, post Halloween and I just felt like garbage. Yeah. So, so doing that occasionally is, yeah, it, it lets you, it reminds you why, man, this is, it's different, you know, likening life to a roller coaster that, you know, most of the time on the roller coaster, it's right. It's the boring up the hill. And then you crest that hill and you get to do something exciting for a couple of seconds. And then you get to that next hill. Right. So, Remembering that, that that that's the that's the important stuff to get done, and it's the the little things. And you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And that's so true. It is. It is a roller coaster where you're spending most of the time on the way up and all that anticipation and fear of what's going to happen in for two seconds. So, yeah. so it is a roller coaster. Um, and it's fun. Roller coasters are yeah. fun. <laughs> that yeah. The 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 downhill and the turns and the loops and all that stuff's a blast. A little bit scary, but it's a blast. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious too for you in your career, what are some of the most common things as you started to see the industry shift and change and twist on this roller coaster life? What are some of the most common things that you think new coaches and new trainers tend to to, you know, what are some of the common traps that they get into that you wish you could just push pause on for them? Give them some oh. insight when they're first coming into the industry now. Well, I'll tell you one of the one of the things I always the question that comes up like how do you identify a good coach or what's the right things to do? So I'll tell <clears throat> where do I start in health and fitness? So speaking mostly to clients, but I think this works for new trainers is run, don't walk, run from anybody who's touting innovation. Right? If they're saying I, I have this new innovative approach and it da da da. The shit that works has been working for eons. There may be some new ways to tweak and apply the, as you put it, the OG shit, right? But the, you know, my hashtag is get strong and do stuff. And I, I liken that to like the, the everyday man's version of strength and conditioning, right? That we have to get strong and then we have to practice what we want to be good at. Right. So if somebody's talking about new methods of, oh, there's the video going around, like this is the way to eviscerate fat better than anything I've ever seen. Okay. Whatever. No. It, you be mindful about nutrition. You know, you, you have a solid strength program that fits, uh, you know, injury, any injuries, limitations you have. And then you put in practice for the skills you want to get good at, whatever, whether that's, pick up basketball, ballroom dancing, pickleball, whatever, whatever it is. So, and, and have that again, I'll just come back to have the vision that you want your life to look like, and then build your team to help you get there. So that that's same, again, those same principles will apply for a coach who wants to build their business or a person who wants to, to get healthy. Mm, you know, practice. I, one of the things that I always say is that people, it's not practice makes, you know, perfect. We've kind of realized that that's not true. It's also that practice doesn't make progress. Practice makes permanent and you're either practicing yep. what you want or what you don't want, but make no mistake. You're practicing something. Yes. Bingo. You know, so that's like, you're practicing something, just make sure it's intentional. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I made a post a, a while ago that was, quote, getting old sucks, mm -hmm. stated by the person who falls asleep in front of their TV every night munching on Doritos, right? <clears throat> and then, you know, in, in the comment section, I talked about, like, if you do it right, getting old is awesome. And it's, it's one of the best things that can happen to you because what's the alternative? You pass, right? So... Yeah, what you practice in all aspects of your life, in your work ethic, 
in your your lifestyle, in your relationships. What you practice is what you make permanent. Yes, that's it. And you're practicing something. So yes, ma'am. That's I mean that's how I live my life, or at least try to. And I'm 42, 41. Sometimes I forget how old I am. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I started doing that a, a few years ago. Yes, I forgot my birthday. When I turned 43, my wife walked in with the birthday cake and I was like, whose birthday is it? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not you're not there yet. But yeah, that happened. I'm not there yet. I know the day. <laughs> but definitely like, wait, what's the year? The years start to blur together. They do. <laughs> in the best way, in the best way. You look great. I would not have guessed in your 40s. So I would have guessed late 20s early 30s so whatever you're doing it's working lighting is amazing (laughs) lighting is amazing all right all right maybe i need you to work my lighting next time oh my gosh it's hysterical it's hysterical Uh oh i always always say i'm not old but the people that i went to high school with are oh yeah oh my gosh the people fall asleep to themselves all the time especially parents especially parents yes so this is why i think it's you know the work for them is just so is so important. It's really important. All the strength that we've talked about, the strength in the mental resilience as well as physical, you know, I I am curious, this happens to me. And so I'm curious your perspective on what, if, if this happens to you and how you deal with it and how you coach people through it, because I'll just share that, you know, my daughter is six and she's going through something right now that is very challenging. And it's been, she's got unexplained leg pain. I'll just, I'll say that. And we are in the depths of trying to figure out what's wrong. Okay. Mm. And like in the trenches, x-rays, blood works, white blood cells. Like we are literally doing everything we possibly can to find out what is wrong with Abby. And So on Sunday, I'm like driving around the ER, like going from ER to ER, essentially urgent care to urgent care. We finally get to the ER. Right. And I'm in this moment of like, oh, my gosh. I promised myself I would not do this. I promised myself that I would do anything. You know, I would do anything to make sure this, you know, to maintain health. If you just give me Abby's health. I'll do anything. I'll prioritize myself. I'll do, you know, you start like negotiating. Right. It's one of those ages of grief you start negotiating like i'll do anything if you just xyz right and then you start going oh man i promised myself i'd never do this i promised myself i i always said i would i would i would keep my word to myself and i would i would probably i would do what i said right and then something happens like for you your accident for me abby's health feels like it's on the line she's not by the way she's fine we fix it. Right. Well, we're we're very happy to hear that. We're working on it. We know that there's something wrong, but like at the time I'm negotiating with myself, God, higher power, whatever you want to say. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I I promise. I promise. I will. I'll work out every single day. If you just give me Abby's help. Does this happen to you in terms of like, Oh, you start to like have these moments of like, Oh, I wish that I, I I thought I I think that's, you know, prioritize understanding where the priorities lie so for example uh whenever again whenever i sit down in a consult with somebody and we're figuring out what if we're a good fit 
one of the last things I'll ask <clears throat> is what is your commitment level to these goals, to these physical goals that you've set? And if somebody tells me they're a 10, first thing I say is, okay, great. Glad to hear that. So what we're going to do is I need you to quit your job. Uh, you're not going to talk to family or friends. I'm going to put a tent in my backyard and we're going to, you know, cut away a section of the yard where you're going to grow your food. And and then they go, oh, hold on. You know, okay. <laughs> you're not a 10. I'm not a 10. What I want to see is an eight or a nine. Because it's important to you so that you can serve your family better. You can serve your, your business better. You can be more present in your life. But the example I give is when my daughter was three months old, she got RSV. And so she was in the hospital for like 36, 48 hours, something like that. I can't even remember. But, you know, my son was two years old at the time. We live in San Antonio. My in-laws came up from Houston to take care of him. My wife stayed with my daughter the whole time she was in the hospital. I don't know if you ever went through that with your child, but they, you know, the, the breathing treatments they do are like every half hour. And, you know, my wife was breastfeeding her at this point. And so she just stayed with her. And then the, the breathing treatments would happen and Freya would scream because she had no concept of what was happening. It was miserable. She couldn't breathe. And then she was, you know, back to breastfeeding and then back and forth. And so I'm, you know, driving back and forth, making sure my wife and my daughter are taken care of. Do they need anything? Come back to the house, make sure the family is here. I would occasionally get to pass out on the floor in the hospital. But imagine if in the middle of that, I said, hey, babe, you got this? Cool. I have a workout plan today, so I'm going to go get that taken care of. Mm -hmm. in, in, obviously not, right? Obviously. My fitness plan is not a top priority, right? It's not the top priority. It is up there, right? It is like a eight and a half, nine. But wife and kids are obviously ahead of that. And but my fitness plan helps me serve them. My my businesses are are just as important. So they're probably, you know, one of those may slide the other depending on what the schedule looks like, what can be slid, right? Mm -hmm. So it's understanding, being honest with yourself. I, I you know, I made a, a a post about this a couple of weeks ago about like one of the, the critical things we don't talk about when starting a health and fitness journey is you have to be honest with yourself and your support system, mm -hmm. right? About what it is you want, what you're working for towards and what you're willing to give up. And if you're not honest about that, if you tell yourself, if you tell yourself in that negotiation, whatever it is, I will do this every day as a top priority. And then something comes along that is, you know, is mm -hmm. a higher priority. Mm -hmm then you, you've lied to yourself and and then that you know. is it we've broken your yeah. word and that's no good yep. you can't break your word you can't break your word exactly it's like it's one of those paradoxes or right? you just i just what i like to do for myself i'll i'll share is that i like to just it's not about being perfect you just keep restoring integrity and looking at it and being brutally and ruthlessly and relentlessly honest with yourself and it's what my mentor likes to call living on the razor's edge which is you care about everything and nothing at the same time so you're caring about that you're ruthless and honest without going down this shame spiral you just yep. you just keep restoring and 1% better. Keep restoring. I like yeah, that. Restoring your yeah. word. You just keep restoring. Yeah. Because you're going to fall off that razor's yeah. edge. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Recognize it. What do you learn?
Yeah. Yes. And then you, you just, as long as you can just live out of the emotional state of like attaching the shame, because we're human beings living a human experience, right? And so I just want to alchemize that. I, I, you know, stay emotionally resilient all the time. And as a parent, you need that for your kids. Yes. Because again, another thing they're watching and they're, and they're going to learn. And it, that, the example I gave earlier, my son called me on, dad, Mancini's do hard things. Yes, son. Yes, we do. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny because my daughter, Abby, you know, she, <laughs> to know her is to love her. But you know that saying, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. It's some of the things that the kids say all the time, right? So I've re- I've rephrased it. I I tell my kids, you get what you get. You can get it. You can get upset. You might just have to accept. And so now Abby will like correct her teachers. No, that's not what you say. That's not what my mom says. My mom says this. And so now all the teachers are like, oh yeah, we've adapted your way. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) nice. Abby changing lives in in her elementary school. (laughs) It's great to hear that when, when, yeah, when we pick, when we pick the kids up and they, they'll often say, you know, Gavin, he, you know, I, whenever he would fall or get hurt, we would do the, take a breath, buddy. All right. Work through it. And so now the teacher told me last week, any, you know, he's such a sweet, sweet, sweet boy. Anytime, you know, one of the, one of the kids falls, he goes up and he goes, take a breath. My daddy always says, take a breath. It helps take a breath. So it's, yeah. Honestly, it is, it's, we said it earlier and it's just important. Parents need, parents are responsible for raising the next generation and no one teaches yeah. you. No, and they're watching every minute. They catch everything. Yeah, yeah. they will. Was- they will do what you do before they do what you say, for sure. Aristotle said, "Give me the uh, give me the boy before he turns seven, and I'll show you the man." But now you know science has told us that twenty five, the brain develops up until twenty five. But a lot of the fundamental things that we're doing from zero to seven matter. Yeah. So you read Puddling of the American Mind. I have not read it. No, but I've they, done. A lot. They talk a lot about the the age twenty five in that book. Yeah, great book. Oh, okay, great. Well, I I I just am really obsessed with a lot of brain science stuff. So I go down a lot of brain science. It's fairly new that they're talking about age developments now to twenty five. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So this has been super. Amazing. Thank you for pouring into me, pouring into my community. And I want to be respectful of your time. So for those of you who want to go deeper with you, to learn more from you, to study with you, where are some of the best places I should send them? Sure. Instagram. I have two handles on Instagram, coach Brandon Mancini, all one word, BMF coach. Brandon Mancini Fitness is is my company. So BMF coach, you can go to brandonmancini.com or bmfcoaching.com. Easier to spell, takes you to the same place. The website is being revamped right now. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it will be launched. Cool. We know how technology goes sometimes. But <clears throat> yeah, if you're looking to get in touch with me, Instagram is probably the easiest way. But cool. the website I'll will be sure. up and we'll be launching some some programs on there too. I can't wait. And hopefully you're a big takeaway as you're listening to this is that even coaches need coaches. I would never expect anybody to do as I say and do more as I do. 
So if you're, if you want someone to invest in you, invest in yourself as well. So be sure we'll be sure to link all of that up inside of the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.